Good morning. Happy sixth day of, of Christmas. We'll be praying from the Christmas Tide booklet, which is in your chat bar. And uh, also in the readings, we'll be reading all of the second chapter of John, first letter um, for our second reading. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. O Lord, open now our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Alleluia. Unto us his child is born. O come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Deci Deus, found on page four of the booklet. O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou didst comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our psalm is Psalm 33, which begins on page 378 of the Book of Common Prayer. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for it becometh well the just to be thankful. Praise the Lord with harp, sing praises unto him with the lute, an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto the Lord a new song, sing praises lustily unto him with a good courage. For the word of the Lord is true, and all his works are faithful. He loveth righteousness and judgment, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together, as it were upon an heap, and layeth up the deep as in a treasure house. Let all the earth fear the Lord, stand in awe of him, all ye that dwell in the world. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught, and maketh the devices of the people to be of none effect, and casteth out the counsels of princes. The counsel of the Lord shall endure forever, and the thoughts of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord Jehovah, and blessed are the folk that he hath chosen to him to be his inheritance. The Lord looketh down from heaven, and beholdeth all the children of men. From the habitation of his dwelling he considereth all them that dwell on the earth.
He fashioned all the hearts of them, and understandeth all their works. There is no king that can be saved by the multitude of an host, neither is any man delivered by much strength. A horse is counted by a vain thing to save a man, neither shall he deliver any man by his strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, and upon them that put their trust in his mercy. To deliver their soul from death, and to feed them in the time of dearth. Our soul hath patiently tarried for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have hoped in his holy name. Let thy merciful kindness, O Lord, be upon us, like as we do put our trust in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 59th chapter, the book of the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, <clears throat> that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs dies, and from that which is crushed a viper breaks out. Their webs will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. Therefore justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness, for brightness, but we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And as for, your iniqui as for our iniquities, we know them. And transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the, the heart of words, the, the heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice, he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, according he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, 
and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. The Redeemer will come to Zion, and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. Here ends the first lesson. Together the Te Deum Laudamus. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The Holy Church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The Father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God, in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants, whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints, in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Here begins the second chapter of the first epistle of John. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation <clears throat> for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk as just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you 
fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have not known the or you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Here ends the second lesson. Together the Jubilate Deo. O be joyful in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with a song. Be ye sure that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. O go your way into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and speak good of his name. For the Lord is gracious, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth from generation to generation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty God, who has given us thine only begotten Son to take our nature upon him, and as at this time to be born of a pure virgin, grant that we, being regenerate, and made thy children by adoption and grace, may be daily renewed by thy Holy Spirit, through the same our Lord Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the same Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Pend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in our sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. Today we're continuing um, in the first epistle of John, which we'll read on weekday mornings until next Saturday, and the observance of the Epiphany. As you know, St. John was one of the Twelve Apostles, and the only one not to be martyred although we believe he died in exile on the Iona Patmos. The daily office readings for his feast day on Wednesday, we heard of St. John as the beloved apostle and the author of the fourth, and also, of course, as the author of the fourth gospel. On Wednesday, we also heard from the final book of the New Testament, which in the King James Version is called the Revelation of St. John the Divine, to refer to its authorship although the New King James calls it the revelation of Jesus Christ to emphasize its subject. But in our printed Bibles, just before the book of Revelation, we find three short letters by St. John. They are similar to, but also different from, the better known and more numerous letters of St. Paul. John's second and third epistles begin with addresses to specific recipients, as Paul's letters typically do. Paul's first epistle that we're reading for the next week does not. The three Johannine letters are also much later, decades after Paul's last works, which were written shortly before his execution in Rome. So, St. John, an old man, is writing to the second generation of the Christian church, likely from exile in Patmos, as he did the book of Revelation. He may be writing to people he has not seen in a long time, if ever, unlike the Pauline letters that often reference a past or intended future visit. As Bishop Scarlett mentioned yesterday morning, John's first epistle echoes some of the themes of his gospel. Scholars also note that the writing style is the most similar, and thus this was among the earliest of scriptures accepted into the New Testament canon, recognized by writers in the second century. At the same time, unlike his gospel or Paul's letters, in John's letters there is a considerable repetition which John uses to reinforce the importance of his message. When we get to the second chapter, what's most immediately noticeable is John's language. The opening refers to his readers as little children, 
a phrase he uses seven times in this letter, three of them in this chapter, in addition to using young children twice. These and other forms of address assume a friendly, if not familial, relationship with the recipients of the letter. In this second chapter, he's using this familiarity to gently teach and correct them, both in their practices and also their beliefs, which we would now call doctrine. He thus has numerous sentences which combine this form of address with a specific teaching. The chapter begins, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. He then drives it home with two memorable sentences that we hear every Sunday in the comfortable words after the general confession. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. He uses a broader range of addresses in verses 20, 12 to 14 to make similar points. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you and your names for his name's sake. I write to you, young man, because you have overcome the wicked man. One. I write to you, fathers, because you have known who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So this chap entire chapter is filled with words of comfort beyond those we heard here in the Eucharistic service. The themes of these latter th three verses, referring to the mercy of and goodness of God the Father, conclude a 12-verse section that emphasizes the continuity of this letter with both Hebrew scripture of the Old Covenant and the Christian teachings of the previous decades about the New Covenant. In particular, as in his Gospel, John focuses on God's teaching about love, a term that appears 29, 39 times in John's Gospel in the New King James, and 27 times in this short epistle. Here he summarizes God's commandments as being commandments to love. John's Gospel reports that at the Last Supper Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Similarly, in verses 3 to 7 of today's passage, John writes, Now we know that we, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know we are in him. He who said he abides in him ought to also walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. I can't read this passage without recalling Matthew 22, Jesus' summary of the law and the two great commandments. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself something that I pray every morning when I get up. Finally, in the remainder of the chapter, John calls us to stand firm against the temptations of the world and the devil, and the teachings of false, and particularly the teachings of false prophets who tempt us. Instead, God's truth should abide in us, which will insulate us against the lies of the world and the de devil. He concludes by calling us to remain faithful Little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. I believe this aptly summarizes both John's message in this epistle 
and also how we should respond during this annual 12-day reflection on Christ's incarnation and its meaning for the world and for us. We now return to page 11 of our Christmas booklet. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. Be gracious unto thy church. Grant that every member of the same in this vocation and ministry and vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better nines. Be merciful to all who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. Comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities. Have mercy upon the faithful departed. And grant them an entrance into the land of light and joy and the fellowship of thy saints. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Thank you to Britt and our return visit by Carl for making this morning's worship possible. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Stay safe in the rain. Absolutely.